to the Emergency Power Podcast. You've made it through another monster's guts, so sit on down and drink to forget. Yes, please. I'm gonna... <laughs> I need more drinks right now. I've only got two in front of me, and neither of them are alcoholic, so I'm uh, a little sad right now. Just uh, pull up some of those UPBs and craft some alcohol. That you know, stuff I is magic. I, I made sure to be properly sedated before coming back for more of this. <laughs> Not sponsored Cooper by Cooper was Fuel. just petting his cup. Like, uh-huh. seems solid over there. That's empty. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, guys, you made it out of the monster last time. The gigantic humongoid Wizard. thingy. <laughs> right, yes, I remember that joke vaguely. I'm pretty sure it was actually a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was a, a monster dungeon. Yeah, exactly. A You're not wrong. A mungin. <laughs> a mungin. I'd rather have a fungin. Uh... <laughs> oh, come on. You guys got a water slide on the way out. How is that not a fungin? Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun. Probably because we almost died. I think NR5E has zero resolve points. So, <laughs> <Everyone>. like. <laughs> Don't tell him these things. If, There's a if, reason I don't mention them in session. If he had gone down, <laughs> we would have been sans NR5E. Yeah. I just kept looking every time damage was ticking up during that, that last encounter. I'm just like, this is fine. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have any. It, it would have been up to pawns to try and heal him because I don't have any healing serums whatsoever. And no I was out of, kit. Yeah, I was out of spells, out of potions. I only had one resolve point left to heal anything, and I had seven HP. Oh, but you can engineer me, remember? Can I? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I can, yeah, I, just, you can. I can heal you with that's the like, power of mechanics. Yes, nice. with the power of science. That's the whole you reason. You just pull out a mallet and smack on him, I and can then he gets back up. It. Half the reason I play a robot <laughs> yes, in this game is can. because I have a built-in doctor following me around. <laughs> two doctors. We got yeah, one, got one for medics. each part wow. of you. We're really wow, just you set here. This up really well. We're just two support classes for NR5E to come. It's like it's those old World of Warcraft uh, raid builds where it's one tank and like fifty priests. Yeah, that's oh. what we are. <laughs> or like one of those like robot bosses in Final Fantasy where there's like techs that are feeding it missiles and repairing it, and you have to take them out before you get the main. And mm. nice, love those fights. <laughs> Gives me interesting ideas though. Uh oh. Stop talking. Delta attack, go. No no (laughs) No. more ideas for Adam. No, silence is bad for podcasts. (laughs) Don't stop talking. But if we're silent, then we might live. So it's like, (laughs) that was my rule of thumb. Which do we go with? (laughs) Exciting podcasts or not dying? Hmm. Probably (laughs) dying. They can only detect us if they can hear us. And then I'm just walking around like a Tyrannosaurus Rex looking for people, but I can't do it unless you make noise. <laughs> Clever girl. I can't make fart noises. I have a friend who's really, really good at making fart noises. I'm like actually kind of jealous of the talent. Like I, I think he could make good Hollywood money being like a Foley fartist. <laughs> a fartist. Wow. Foley fartist. Is that like a flautist? But... I was really hoping this joke wouldn't take off so I could edit it out later, and (laughs) now I'm locked in. Yeah, you're stuck with it. So where were we, Adam? Uh, Where you were last time was you guys had just gotten out of this crazy roller coaster ride, climbed out of the top just as this giant 
thing of acid shoots out into the air. And then, what's that on the horizon? As the second hand, boom, comes flying in with Isbin Espa saying, it's I a finally bird. got yes. a lock on this. It's a plane. It's a pile of junk. <laughs> but it's our pile of it's, junk. Yes, it is. It, it's coming, and it's kind of like listing to one side, and parts are falling off as it flies over. You know, I, I thought I taught those goblins better than that. I don't think any parts are falling off. <laughs> it, was, it was this ship or the Monjin when we made a choice. Didn't didn't we harvest parts from it to make the submarine that we were in? No, no we harvest no, no. parts from a submarine to make a submarine. Oh, that's right. We found a hole. Okay, I vaguely yeah, remember that now. Yeah, you guys dragged it through the desert back to you guys. <laughs> oh, with our ship. Okay, it yeah. all comes back. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But... I think it's time for us to get started, shall we? Ready. Alrighty. Free from the beast and back aboard the second hand. Isbin brings the ship around and points it towards the mainland. She seems strangely tense, staring into the warm glow of the ship's console. Across it, the readout is Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume 2, Chapter 11. 11. Oh my gosh. Did you know that we we had 12 chapters in season one? So we're coming up like, I don't know what your plan is, Adam. I won't presume to know what's in that head of yours. I have no <laughs> idea. But it's <laughs> got to be coming no up. No one should be here. It's got to be coming up. We just hit level five. So I'm like, if we're going by adventure path, like official Paizo adventure paths, this would be like the finale of the second book right here. <laughs> hmm. Well, as you know, I am incredibly good at staying exactly with pacing of books, so you can only <laughs> assume. Okay, so you guys just essentially climbed aboard the second hand, and you hear over the calm. Everybody hang on. We're going to swing south and fly into a sandstorm. And then the computer pipes up. I, I can't advise that line of action. Quiet, computer. Let the adults talk. Captain, if I may, why are we piloting the ship into a sandstorm? Well, I have news and you're not going to like it. I sure as Sharon's don't. So they start swinging over into the mainland, flying directly at this sandstorm. When I dropped you guys off in the submarine, I had to pull the ship straight up into the air so that it could fall out of cargo, right? We got clocked by radar when that happened. Who's radar? I can only assume it's these Cylan people. Dear onto us? I tried to not go directly back to the Gabo's headquarters, and I, I tried to do kind of what we're doing now to get rid of them. But there's some ships beelining to this side of the planet that I detected with our sensors. Script's going to run over to the science station and try and get some uh, sensor readings. How many sentries have they dispatched? I saw four on radar, but and she sees Scriff run over to it. Maybe you can get a better read on things. That's a 25 for computers. Nice. A single flight is problematic, but not overwhelming. Oh, that's actually, since we have advanced sensors, that's a 29. 
Okay, with a 29, that's really good. So what you're getting is you're picking up in a close vicinity, a patrol of four ships that are moving around. You're guessing that they're kind of strafing the area looking for this ship. You're also picking up other groups of fighters. They seem to go in pairs of two most of the time, but possibly the most important thing you're picking up is a very, very large ping on the radar. And this thing, comparatively to your ship, which is quite small, this is like maybe gargantuan sized, if you were to classify it. Oh, oh my gosh. That's like, okay, so on, on the, tier list of ship sizes there are only two uh, that have been written about that are bigger than that so that's oh. big this thing's big this is like you could have a city on it that's that's a, a like a carrier or a battleship got it right yeah five e's looking over scriff's shoulder at the readouts and going that rather changes my tactical assessment you can just see this one very large dot yeah. on the radar. Yeah. I, well, we can't fight that, but maybe we can run. This ship is pretty fast. What civilization has a ship that big on this planet? The Cylan. That's my guess as well. Oh, yeah, we avoided that last time. So mm. we're going to try to do that this time and pulls immediately into the sandstorm. <laughs> I'll see what what extra juice I can get you. Okay. Someone take over at computers. We may just want to hunker down for a bit until the patrols go past. So if you guys maybe want to catch some rest, you look horrible. We should seal well, the vents. You. We can burn off the life support energy. I don't want to have to clean those things out again. Question. Yes. How the hell is a ship that big in atmosphere? Hmm? Okay, so what I think carrier, think about like the Avengers carrier. Know what I mean? Okay. Kind of. That's that's the size I'm thinking, and I was looking at, okay, it has enough to launch this many ships. That sounds about right. So it's, okay. it's not... It's okay, so you know how on like medium and large scale, a large person is like, 10 feet, but it can go all the way up to, you know, almost 15 feet, but stop just before that. It's on the mm. small side of the scale. <laughs> so this is like five times the size of our ship, but a uh, crew complement says 75 to 200. Minimum crew yeah. is 75 to operate this thing. Yeah, it's it's probably along that more minimum area for okay. a carrier so ba- or it could yes. be a battleship. So so anywhere between 75 and 300 on this thing. Sure. I didn't even know that that was a thing as far as size and where it is. Yeah, you can actually get that as, like, you know, there's no reason you couldn't get that as a player. You would have a bunch of NPCs operating your ship, but... Mm -hmm. There is a reason. It's called money. Yeah. (laughs) Start a business first. Ships don't cost money. Not if you steal them. Okay. Okay. Uh, that That makes sense, then, that why it would still be able to be in atmosphere if it's approximately that size. Okay. Thank you. Mm hmm all right, let's try to lose them. We can't. We can't risk leading them back to the uh, Wasties clan. I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna take a nap. I'll be in a sleeping bag. It's hanging up over there. <laughs> I'll call. You, I'll call you if we need anyone to hop on the guns. 
Oh, okay. I am also powering down for diagnostics and defragmentation. Alert me if you need me. Right. Affirmative. I uh, will run down to the uh, engines, assuming that Ysbin wants some more juice in these engines to just kind of blast out of their range. I think the plan is more just to get into the sandstorm and park it somewhere, essentially, so that way it kind of covers you guys. And she'll move when she can with the sandstorm. So un unless she gets caught, she's not going to need to blast it, most likely. Okay. So you are welcome to go take a rest as well, because she will call you if anyone needs to be on the guns. And I'll, I'll uh, also I'll tap Eastman on the shoulder with the arm that we found and be like, by oh. the way, I found you an arm. Oh, gee. Why are you... Oh. Okay. We'll talk later. <laughs> she just stares at you as you walk away. <laughs> Who else was on this ship, Adam? Uh, she is the only other person at the moment. Okay, so Uzi or any, anyone didn't follow them or and, any other and, goblin clan? Um, what are who's who is the uh the the priest uh victor victor yeah now it seems like isbin jumped in the ship when she saw you guys on raider flew over picked you up as like we're getting out of here cool got it all right okay. uh well then i'm gonna hit this full rest the best button Yay. in the game yes it is yeah go ahead and hit that full rest I gotta um, get my spells back. Pawn, I can finally pawns, use them. Do you, do you have any healings that you can do before resting up your stuff? Did you have any spells left or anything? Uh, I had one one more resolve point I could use for the healing hands. So I yeah, could, why don't we do that? Yeah, do you want me to use it on someone else, or should I use it on myself? Use it on, yeah, yourself. Okay. All right, I'll go and come yeah, back up to max HP then. you guys can do some other checks on everyone else, too. In fact, I would love an engineering check to get some extra HP back because I'm still pretty yeah, low. We, let's uh, let's trade heals because I can engineer you. I haven't done that on you. Yep. And I've got an advanced <laughs> med kit so I can do medis on you as well. Dude, awesome. I think last time you guys had to do this was the giant plant tentacle monster that you fought. And they both had to like lay next to each other as they're just operating at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, they're not taking turns. It's at the same time they're doing mm -hmm. stuff to each other. Sitting in a chair opposite yeah. of each other, playing uh, Operation. I, I did not succeed at the check to treat uh, 5e's wounds. Well, I did, I'm pretty sure, because I got a 23 on that. So you should take a little bit of a boost. That's an advanced med kit? Or... Yeah. Yeah, so, so you did. He's good. It's because mine's still basic. If I had mm. an advance, I would have succeeded. <laughs> I also got a 23, but the DC's 25. So I'll get five more back. Are you using? I'm using my custom rig, which has a built-in toolkit, but it okay. uh, it's only basic right now. Cool, cool. So you guys try to heal each other up a little bit, and then everyone beds down for a while while Isbin tries to move the ship under the cover of the sandstorm. Does our ship still have all that stuff hanging off of it from when we invaded the the, the Rusties? Or the, oh, the absolutely. Clan? Yeah. 
Yeah, when you guys invaded the Wasties and put the wasties, giant what it is. Um, skeletal mouths on, like the yeah, um, might be a good time to take that off <laughs> at some point here. All right. By the time you guys wake up, Isbin has managed to navigate all the way to the Wasties clan base. So the second hand pulls into the old military hangar as the large doors close to cut off that raging sandstorm outside. Several goblins clad in overalls and tool belts rush over to start doing checks on the ship. They're like the elite squad that Scriff trained. Nice. <laughs> what are their so names? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, wow, ouch. Okay, uh... <laughs> All 12 of them. <laughs> All 32. Uh, uh, I don't have any offhand. Uh, I have a list somewhere, but I panicked. Are they named like the, the seven dwarves, like Oily and Daisy yeah. and uh, like the same? <laughs> like me. Uh, that's not their actual names, but that's their new nicknames they've gotten when they became like engineers. Yeah. Toe Jam, Ipus. Or, or they, yeah, they're, it's a lot of they're stuff each, like that. They're each named after, like, the one tool that they have out of the toolkit. <laughs> Good job, Wrench. <laughs> hey, Screwdriver, come over here. <laughs> okay, so they run over. They start checking to make sure the ship's done okay through the sandstorm. Uh, if anyone has to clean out the vents, it's going to be them now. That's appreciated. As you step out of the ship with the platform that comes down, come down the stairs, a space goblin clad in a myriad of necklaces saunters towards you, his entourage of guards looking on solemnly. Mega Chief Uzi Paswoon smiles wildly at your return. Well, well, Tolly's make it back in one piece. What did you You te- almost make Uzi think he not need be there to save you. Almost. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uzi got there first. <laughs> I appreciate the warm reception, Mega Chief. Yeah, he's he's got this smile as he comes over to you, and he kind of acts like you guys have been gone for like months instead of like two three days yeah we found something for your vault and i'll just pull out all the diamonds and crystals <laughs> did you just offer him that i mean we're gonna sell them right oh, yeah i was hoping so <laughs> <laughs> usually goblins have red eyes but they like glaze over the color of the diamonds as it like money symbols on their eyes. Uh, essentially <laughs> <laughs> well uh, that's we figure out a way to take care of that soon but um so actually things kind of crazy around here like so Uzi need to show you something all right lead on so the mega chief leads you down a series of unfamiliar tunnels until you're led to the chief's private box that overlooks the blood ring arena Awesome. He walks up and puts his hands on the balcony railing before pointing down. And below in the stadium, 
everything has been entirely torn apart down there. The spiked fortifications are scattered into pieces. The mace swinging machine has been thrown up and is stuck in the ceiling and is just dangling there. (laughs) What happened? And in the center of this devastation, there are two large figures. And Uzi's like, they've been fighting for nearly two days. Are these the trolls? So, Kludge the troll rears their arm back with great effort and slams it forward into the jaw of the overgrown Vesk that stands opposite. Oh! Swarkis Gore takes the punch to the face, arms just too tired to keep the guard up. He staggers back for a moment raises his claw and then goes right back and returns the favor at Gludge. They just like look completely exhausted. Exactly. They're covered in like scrapes and wounds and stuff and they're just punch. Punch. How did he get here? Oh, big bad lizard kicked down door demanding to see all you. What does it say? Because he's very smart that if he won't speak to Talies. He must prove himself in Blood Ring. He say, mm, take apart anyone who stand in way. <laughs> but Glunge no happy lizard come to see Talies who helping him find a mate. So he gestures down to the battle below. We, we need to get down there and stop this. Yeah, probably good. Neither giving up. So as we're, as we're running down towards the Coliseum, uh, Scripps going to say, Swokos could be a great ally if we're going after the Silan. He hates them as much as we do, despite our differences. We tried to team up in the past, but maybe he's seen the error of his ways. I concur with your assessment. We also have him at a distinct disadvantage right now. Glunt has done an admiral job of wearing him down. Hopefully he will not provide much more resistance. I assume after we left his camp, it's been mostly destroyed, so... He may not have anywhere else to go at this point. I don't see any of his, uh, the rest of his clan, so you might be right. Let's hurry before one of them kills the other, or they kill each other. Agreed. <laughs> we have to separate them. Just one of those double KOs where they punch each other at the same time and fall over. Yep. <laughs> like a Street Fighter draw. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh, ooh, uh. <laughs> so I'll run out there and, uh, just like signal to everyone to surround Swarkus with our weapons and say, stop this right now. We're here. We're here to talk. Okay, so Swarkus had just landed a punch on Gludge. He takes a step back. I, his one good eye kind of blinking tiredly and he looks over. Finally, little runt wouldn't let me speak to you. Doesn't care that a gets punched in the face by Glunch. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know his name, do I? I think that was that was all five E. I can I can stop him. Glunch, cease. You have fought well. <laughs> this one will surrender if he knows what is good for him. You can see in Glunge's face they're they're thinking about punching him again, but they're like, yeah, okay. Mm. I need to try something here, Adam. Yes. Um, is there, this is kind of gross, but is there like 
wounds enough that I could take some skin from the troll oh. if I like approached him. Ooh. Um, yes, absolutely. Okay. Like this troll has been clawed quite a bit, so there's blood and stuff lying around. But you can't guarantee it's not Swarkus's on the ground all the time. Yeah, that's why I want to like do one of those you know like in move where they like prick the finger of the person and then pass by. I would want to do that, but then I would want to prick him, pull off some flesh, and heal him instantly. Hmm, okay, so are you trying to do it, like, subtly so they don't notice you're doing that, or are you just, like... You I'll, I'll basically announce it, like, I would like to heal the troll to our party, but then I'll have to kind of judge the scenario and see if there's any time I could approach him without him noticing would be the goal. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me... Uh, man, I can never remember what Stadelf, saves and deceptions and everything. Um, why don't you give me sleight of hand? Is that in this? Oh, it is. It is. Mm, I, don't I think it's a else. trained skill. Yeah. Oh, please roll well. 17. All right. So, pawns, you start to kind of come up and be like, I'm I'm going to try to heal you. Don't, don't worry. I'm here to help kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Gludge just looks like a boxer who's gone way too many rounds in the rink and they're just kind of bobbing a little bit back and forth like they're drunk so you don't even think they really notice you come up so you're more than welcome to do your thing and like sneak to the backside of him put both my hands on the shoulder and be like i gotcha and then pull off a little (laughs) piece of flesh as i heal him there you go rock good job hang in there buddy yeah 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 (laughs) And I'll, I'll go ahead and heal him for 25. Nice. 25? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what you do essentially is like you come up to it and wounds have like pieces of skin and stuff hanging out. You just kind of like pull one off and then heal that spot. Mm-hmm. And Glunge definitely Ugh. doesn't even notice because peek behind the curtain, I rolled a natural one for a grand total of negative two to perceive right. you doing that. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Glunge okay, perceptive. he should feel better. As I slowly back away, just make sure I don't get swung on on accident. <laughs> That's probably a good plan. Shout to uh, Swarkus, throw down your weapon and we can talk. Kind of looks down at his claws. Oh, my uh, well, hammers well, put them away. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they just retract back into his fingers. Put, put them in your pockets or something. I don't know, just... Lower your guard. Yeah. Uh, could we, like, go and have a talk somewhere? Or we maybe somewhere. I can sit down. <laughs> I broke all the benches. <laughs> Bybee looks into one of the tunnels that leads into the blood ring and says, I believe there's some areas we could take over back this way. And we should probably look at your wounds. That'd be great. Yeah, let's, uh... He also seems a little punch drunk, so he just kind of goes along with this the moment until you guys get into essentially the prep area for blood ring fighters. He sits down across two of the benches. All right. We're here. We're sitting. Why did you come to all this trouble to find us? Last time we talked, you were trying to capture us and turn us into your part of your little gang 
does this big heavy sigh and you get this bad breath throughout the entire room because he's so big oh oh god oh jeez well and he, he gestures around I don't have any more of them do I the damn surges killed them all or captured some I guess but You know I had to walk across a desert to find all of you, right? You took my best ship. You have my Remember sympathies. That? <laughs> it was you, really you, nice You flying. tried to kill us or capture us. I don't know what you were trying to do. We tried to negotiate with you. You didn't seem to be amenable then. But now that the shoe is on the other foot. Yeah. It... He looks over at 5e's feet. Yeah, it is. The shoes are on the other <laughs> foot, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yes. These have been very helpful. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you took his mag boots. I forgot about yeah. that. That's where we got those. I recently used them to escape the maw of a gargantuan sea creature. Well, well, sounds like you guys have had a super swell adventure. I was eating bugs out in the desert. It was wonderful. Yeah. It, it was really. loads of fun. Yeah. We went surfing. In, of sorts. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the skinny. I've got nothing left here. They take in everything. The only chance is that I have some of my allies still alive. My understanding is that Archduke Pathon, that pompous... And he stops himself from going on that sentence uses this big flying ship in the sky like a prison and he, he might have them there would that happen to be the size of a carrier with a crew of 75 to 300 yeah i think that'd be the one yes the one that like blots out the sun when it goes over is it typically escorted by a flight of fighters i'm sure i usually keep my head down but they don't deploy that thing very often, so they must be up in a bit of a fit. How do you expect us in our little ship to get aboard something that gigantic without being destroyed? But more important, what, what do you have to offer that for us too. to do something like that? Why should we help you after you nearly killed us? He pulls up his claws again. Shink! They come out. <laughs> he now has a canon canonically detractable claws. Uh, <laughs> He's a cat desk. <laughs> it's a good choice. Well, I don't expect you all to just go in and get my people. I just need help getting there. I don't care if you leave after that. Whatever. Still, still, mm -hmm. why should we help you? You don't seem to hold any cards here. So we should just do this out of the kindness of our hearts? You made this first encounter on this planet very difficult for us. And you don't seem to be offering anything in return. They hang their head a little bit. Should we do like a, a huddle here? What? Oh, group huddle? Okay, he gets in the group huddle with no, Bonds. No, 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 without him. <laughs> without him. I do want to kind of discuss that with the group without... Him. You, you have telepathy. That's true. 
We should huddle anyway. Uzi will <laughs> come over, just stand and like stare Swarkus down while you guys have a little conversation. We got, yeah. We got Glunge. Glunge. <laughs> Uzi's like standing next to Glunge. <laughs> 5e, can, can you have Glunge watch him while we have a talk? Glunge needs to rest, but I will instruct some of the goblin gods to keep an eye on him. I'm going to walk out um, to where I know the guards are stationed, guarding mm -hmm. the tunnels and just call probably half a dozen of them in um, and just say keep your weapons trained on him yeah you don't have, even have to tell them that because like you bring them in they already know the score here that there's this giant lizard so they yeah, just stand around it for re-emphasis and sure. then I'm going to say Scriff a word in the hallway please and I'm going to start walking back out toward the blood ring okay hmm. yeah Ponds. I'm I'm thinking we actually might be able to use this opportunity. We didn't stand a chance against him last time we encountered him. Yes, but our powers have doubled since the last time we met. It's true. Just before we walked in here, you were suggesting that we should turn him against the Cylon. Now, you're playing hardball. Is this some sort of negotiation tactic you have not explained to us? Well, because yeah. Because otherwise, it seems um, as though you're being obtuse. I mostly wanted him to apologize. Yeah, that makes sense. Ah, He's pride. Dick. An emotion I do not quite grasp yet. He punched um, me really hard last time, okay? It hurt. It hurt his feelings. Like It hurt more than my feelings. It hurt my face. He has walked across a desert to be pummeled nearly to death by a troll. I think he's gotten payback. Yeah, I, I think we should probably use him. Plus, we still don't know why they're after us. We've barely made contact with them, and and yet after he... After us or after 5e? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question, I guess. Hopefully they don't know that we have this arm thing. Yeah, I I honestly don't think that Swarkus is a bad person. He's a strong leader for his people, or was for his people before they all got captured and killed. Um, Not my fault! You can hear us. <laughs> Quiet, you. Quiet, you. This is a private conversation. Sorry. But not for punching you, just for listening. <laughs> I, I do think that the enemy of our enemy is our friend, so maybe for that sake. But I still don't trust him to do any more than get his people back so if we're going to get anything from him it needs to be before that we are operating from a mutual position of distrust I do not think he is going to give us any more quarter than we would give him and I do not think he has anything to offer it's clear he's coming to us because he has lost everything mm, it'd be nice if we had some sort of assurance though or a way to control him it just seems unlikely at this point that he is he wouldn't either take the chance to portray us or run away at the wrong time that's my only concerns so internally scriff is very much uh thinking like so the only reason to do this is to be like the the stereotypical good guy mm -hmm. and to live out those 
childhood fantasies of being like the hero in the power armor arena to be the face of the of the robo wrestling federation and script will say i guess it's better to be good and potentially dead than evil and a living I am not certain how far ethics and morality interject themselves into the situation. It seems to me we have little other choice. I say that we use him for whatever he can offer us and don't hold anything against him for right now. Want to walk back into the room? All right. I'll go up to Swarkus and say, All right. We've decided we will help you. But first, I want to know everything that you know about the Cylan and about this planet. All right. How old are you? <laughs> That's very personal. Pons is like very inquisitive. Never, never ask that of a Vesk. <laughs> the claws are like trying to come back out, but he's controlling it and they're just like come out a little bit and then go back in (laughs) no uh, that's listen I know we didn't get off on the best claw here so that's more than fair when you you all showed up you had a ship that can get out of this place or so we thought what well Oh, I, I guess I'll tell you a little story first. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, what? We tried to escape this planet. I fixed up the, the second hand, your old ship, to do just that. Even built a drift engine into it. But there is something that is preventing us from escaping the atmosphere. Right. Drift engine. That's what it was. I couldn't remember. Right. Do you know why we you... couldn't escape the atmosphere? No, that's the that's the big question, isn't it? So he kinda looks at Pons. An answer to your question, I'm old enough to have seen this place get put into wherever it is, the sky disappear. So old enough. Old enough to have come in contact with the Cylan more than I would have preferred. There, you haven't seen their city, have you? I think we did a quick drive-by. Well, it makes Io look pathetic and dingy. It's this gleaming place with ostentatiousness everywhere you look. There, the most ordained commander runs a tight ship and has been around as long as I can tell the whole time. His ship does look pretty tight. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really big. I respect that as a Vesk. Why would the Cylam be looking for... And I just kind of gesture over to NR5E. I don't know, maybe the same reason I was, but... I don't even know if that's what they're looking for. 
Then why were you going after NR5E? You never explained that. Well, look at him. He's the most advanced thing on this planet. He is not incorrect. Well, I think there's something similar to him on this planet. Uh, yes. There appear to be some sort of robotic sentries with analogs close to my own design, which have been dispatched. I do not believe they were seeking me intentionally, but they seemed to feel fortunate that they ran across me. They attempted to subvert my programming. I've heard about that. Old SRO units left behind or forgotten. My understanding is at some point they started acting real weird after the sky clamped down, but I've never run into one myself. Do they work for the Cylon government or the, the ordained commander? I don't think so. I think they're some... If they, they act like some sort of crazy robo-cult thing. I don't know. That's really? just, just things I've heard. Huh. Now, the, the Cylon are a conglomeration of everyone who got stuck here and decided they needed the <sighs> most ordained commander's protection. <laughs> Do you know what caused our ship to crash? Or any details about our arrival here that we may be unaware of? You knew where we crashed. You knew that we crashed. <laughs> Your ship hit the city. <laughs> the whole thing shook. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, we're pretty close to it. I sent out my my men to go find whatever was happening out there, and some of them didn't come back. But, uh, I mean, they, they found out about you, and you know about this the, the drift thing. So, I... My guess is that the Cylon are looking for all of you for the same reason I am. Is because nobody wants to be here. If there's something beyond this place, we all want out. And you guys seem to be the only ones who know how to do that. Not yet. Well, on your, f on your first point, I certainly concur. It wasn't, it wasn't personal when I tried to capture you. Imagine you were stuck here for 70-something, whatever years. You'd want to do anything you could to get out of here, too. I can empathize with your position. I appreciate that after I tried to capture you. <laughs> you guys got any other questions? I was waiting for Jeff there, but unless... I don't think so. It doesn't seem like he has any other knowledge that uh, we don't already know. Yeah, it seems like he separated at least who and what for us a little bit so that's good he didn't really get to analyze our ship before the Cylan attacked his encampment so he probably doesn't have any of that info mm -hmm. that we might not have gotten off of the ship no I, I think I think that's about as much unless we're forgetting something so he pretty much just wants us to infiltrate the prison carrier which we which I'm assuming is the same ship we caught on radar and rescue his people that's basically what he's looking for uh, you know, as, oh. as far as you can tell, you know, he, his objectives from what he said are rescue what people I have left. I want to leave this place. 
Yeah. And I mean, he, he even mentioned, he mentioned that he was cool with just being dropped off and us going off if we didn't want to help him, but... I, I'm, I'm going to ask Torkus, are there any other prisoners of note on that ship? I mean, I've never been on it, but like I said, if the Cylon have captured it, it's probably there. I'm going to turn to Pawns and 5e and say, maybe that's where we find our prisoner. Oh, Gludge's mate. No. Not a different one, but that would be... The, the prisoner... Oh, who, the prisoner. ...for whom this uh, planet is... That's fair. ...a prison. There could be there could be a connection there. Um, but actually, yeah, I was thinking of the troll. The troll could be there, too. <laughs> That's what I thought you were referencing that, the whole time. That would time. be the most likely place. Jeff is troll. big brain thinking while I'm <laughs> troll thinking. Uh, I, I, yeah, but I will ask Swarkus, uh, have you seen any trolls in uh, IO? Uh, other than him over there? <laughs> Little wave. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had found one in IO, I would have asked if they want a job. But no. It was a populated place for a long time until everybody either left or died. So I didn't come across one. Then yes, that that ship might be the best place to look for Glunge's mate, 5e. If the Salon have successfully assimilated everyone who left Io and other settlements, then it does seem like a safe bet. Which brings us to the next question. How in the name of all the gods are we going to get aboard that carrier without being destroyed I am also at a loss to figure this one I always just get captured that is a good question yes our ship is fast but a head on assault is not its strength Ooh, could we make it look like one of their ships or could we commandeer one of theirs we could attempt to draw one or two of their flight members away see if we could disable the ships I'm going to need to uh, do some research I think yes this could take time and it seems we have some on our hands because Swarkus is going to need to rest up and recover that wouldn't hurt my feelings alright everyone think on this we'll come up with a plan meanwhile rest up and I'm going to get to some work cue montage music as I go into my workshop. Five is going to instruct the uh, goblin guards to find quarters for a Sorkis gourd. And, and, oh, is he going and, to the and, arcade? Yes. <laughs> Get this man some quarters. <laughs> for change. Five you will further admonish Sorkis. You are now a guest here. Take care that you act like one. The goblins are a lesser civilization, developmentally speaking, but they are not without their own sense of honor. Gives a little nod. And I'm going to go tend to Glunge. <laughs> okay. Uh, 5e just wants to check in on, on Glunge, um, offer medical treatment. I'll make a medicine check if need be, um, and let him know that our best guess is that his mate might have been swept up by a prison ship that we're going to try to assault. Um, so that's kind of sort of good news and ask him if he needs anything, maybe give him a small stipend of credits 
um, as thanks for his efforts in the ring against Orcus Gordon. Nice. Okay. Nice. Very good. Okay, so Jeff's going to have a montage. You're helping out <laughs> Blood for a bit. Pawns, you doing anything in particular? Yeah, I need to buy weapons, and then I need some way of containing the piece of flesh I took from the troll without it deteriorating. Uh, so if I can't think of anything, honestly, I'll just take it to, like, Scriff, probably, and see if he would know how to preserve it, which is going to be a weird conversation. Do spell effects like Gentle Repose exist in Starfinder? I haven't seen it. I've I never come know. across it, so... There may be a tech equivalent, but I think that might be like an in-world thing as opposed to a spell. Yeah, like, just curious. You get the technology to do it, you know? Because it's a fairly low-level effect in, in Pathfinder, so I didn't know yeah. if something analog to it existed in this. What is it? What if I put life bubble around it? Gentle repose. It's like a. It's usually a first or second level spell that effectively lets you preserve a corpse so that it will not rot. And I, I would assume you could do the same with remains because I, I think it. I think it does say remains, so it doesn't have to be whole ones. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is working. Uh, yeah, that's how it works in Five E and in Pathfinder. But I do not know if it's a thing here or not. There yeah, is I, a level three yeah. spell for Technomancer and Witchwarper called Preserve Specimen. That's probably that's it. probably the one. Um, there's also if I, I just search for preserve and uh, let's see. This one's for making jam. Uh, <laughs> there is a habitat box, which is a level one item for 375 credits, used to store small creatures or plant samples. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if we can build something like that, I have some UPB still. Okay. Yeah. That actually sounds really similar. It would just have to be like a sealed, sterile environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I All right. So you gave Uzi just a pile of crystals and you guys are going to get just at Scriff's request a giant pile of UPB. So like he How can much make rice stuff. can I buy with all these crystals? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lots of rice. <laughs> I'm just imagining Scriff walking in, throwing out that like the handful of UPBs, make it rain, but then immediately scrambling <laughs> on the ground to pick them all up. <laughs> he makes them back it in rain his onto a workbench and then gets to work with them. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, even better. Way classy. <laughs> We go over what we got or bought or what we want to get. All right, for your crystal contribution to the Wasties clan, you all have gotten 2,500 UPBs. Yes! Oh, Excellent. delicious, delicious rice. <laughs> yeah, so what do you guys do with it? Well, 5e has been browsing the markets and found... Uh, probably a technomancer among the goblins who has gotten a hold of some swarm technology Ooh. and has decided to invest in an ant sting pistol. Ah, oh, that's so cool. So it Look generates, it generates acid slicked. It generates acid slicked stingers. Uh, it's a bio weapon, a living weapon. <laughs> so it deals so cool. acid and piercing damage. That is rad. 
I can just see a goblin mad scientist. They have goggles with like one of the eyes missing and things are always exploding in their shops. Yes. <laughs> That's a hundred percent who would make that. <laughs> and I'm I'm going like full on Mega Man arm cannon with that thing too. Amazing. Yeah, was... <laughs> Very All good. Right. So so Pons is like, I need some sort of energy damage that is not in the mind. So I'm gonna get two pistols. One that is a lightning pistol that shoots in a line, and the other one that's a nice. flame attack. Excellent. Yeah, uh, and the flame attack that can burn the enemy as well. And then I also picked up two grenades just because explosives are fun. Yeah, Pawns is Ooh. ready for war. Yeah, we're going on a battle. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> just ready to Pawns go. in the Rambo outfit. <laughs> what do we need? Guns. Guns Lots and explosives. Of guns. Okay, and Scriff, what are you doing with your big money? So everyone is like out shopping and they'll come back into their rooms and like put their stuff away. And just from behind this door, you just hear clanging and banging and, and saws and, and screwdrivers running, just like machinery operating for like a solid eight hours. As <laughs> uh, Scriff finally constructs their armor, uh, they, they, you hear uh, over the comms, uh, 5e, can you give me a hand getting this adjusted? I'm in the workshop. Certainly, I'll be right there. And you walk into uh, just this massive uh, suit of power armor that Scriff is sitting in, but it's like currently like some of the buckles need to be done up to, to get it sized properly and like it's leaning to one side because it's not properly calibrated yet so Scriff will instruct you to to put this thing together but what it is effectively is uh got the tension <laughs> <laughs> what what it is effectively is the psi shield power armor which just it was in tech rev and it's this really cool armor. So I'm going to give you the the kind of the description of why I picked it. Okay. So Psy Shield units protect scientists conducting dangerous field work. The suit excels at deflecting radiation. It grants protection against radiation as if it were level seven. Wow. That's good. Uh, even Jeez. though it's a level five item. And a biohacker or mechanic that is wearing a Psy Shield unit treats their class level as too higher than normal for the purposes of determining the range of their custom microlab and remote hacking class features. Oh, So <laughs> it's a 10 foot increase on my remote hacking range. Oh my goodness. That's pretty cool. So you could just Sounds hack like from across deck. the room. 30 feet, I believe. Does that, <laughs> does that include building things? It's like, you... in, like any engineering or computers role. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. All right. So 5e is looking at the rig and going, this is some very impressive engineering. It may require some minor customizations in order for you to fit properly. I need to get some new batteries, too. It's uh, quite hungry. If you could just reach over and grab that piece, that is the, final, the finishing touch. And you look over and you see this one chunk of diamond that script didn't sell that you're going to you're going to place right in the chest of this thing all right 5e picks up the gem 
actually pulls a small buffing tool out of his pocket and rounds off a, an edge that doesn't seem quite even on it. There. This should work. And snaps it into the uh, bum, 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 center bum. of the chest. You slot that in, and it completes the circuit for the battery, and the suit powers up, and the the helmet on this thing comes down over Scriff's face, and it's like a giant uh, metal mouse head, complete with with, pointy, bitey teeth. So uh, this this thing had power armor. The reason power armor is cool is because it replaces my unarmed strike. Oh wow! So, oh, that's so, so, neat. so I'm I'm now biting with the force of power armor. Uh, now does that geez. change your size category? Because you're normally I a small am creature, now right? Large. Oh, damn! That's awesome. Mecha mouse. Mecha it's a little mouse. bit of a difference. I there. love it. The big cheese. The big cheese. <laughs> now you can Throw go back. blow for blow with Swarkus Gore. Oh, Please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have a grapple feat as well, or was that something else I was thinking of? Uh, grapple, no. I I okay. have scurry, but that's not going to be any use to me while I'm in large armor. But dude, if you could find like a mod that would give you a grab attack or grapple attack, you could legit dude. do the cheddar chokehold. Yes, <laughs> I could. That would be awesome. Yes. But yeah, uh, so power armor completely replaces your unarmed attack and replaces your strength modifier. So now I can actually do melee attacks and not suck at it. Wow. Did you get so many boosts from that? Like the and one it item. And my speed, which is not the good part. Jeez. That <laughs> sucks. But, uh, and I borrowed uh, Pons's light armor because I can still wear light armor underneath it and to get in and out of power armor is only a full action. Yeah. Excellent. You just just pop the lid and drop out. Nice. All right. Congrats, man. That power suit has been long coming. I'm excited I'm very, to try very it. Very glad that it's, we have these upgrades. I, I want to go challenge Swarkus to a little uh, friendly <laughs> friendly battle, but I think we'll we've got more pressing matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go in and he's like nearly unconscious, and you just start yeah. like punching. Him. <laughs> Stay like, tuned next week like for it. our MOBA episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can take you now. <laughs> Choose your fighters. Uh, very cool. Finally, the big cheese emerges. So do we need to meet up and, and discuss how we want to go about getting onto the ship? Or does anyone have any good well, ideas? After Scriff finishes up with his gigantic mech suit, you get a knock on the door. And from the other side... Um, Scriff, are you in there? It's Isben. Come on in. I just finished up what I was working on. Uh, do you want me to, uh, install your prosthetic arm? Uh, she looks over you, at you, gives a little nod, and she's like, yeah, I, uh, I waited until I stopped hearing smashing before I knocked. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I get, in, like, in the zone when I'm working, and so it's better that I don't get a lot of distractions. Uh, so, we found this arm while we were down there. It looks pretty cool, but 
I don't know what is from, and so I'm not gonna say that there's no risk in installing it. I can do a more standard arm if you want. She thinks about it for a few long seconds. I think if you believe you can make this thing work, I wouldn't mind having... She looks at one side of her body, completely missing arms. An upgrade. All right. We have, we've got to like really protect her if we do this, though. I hope so. I hope this thing's yeah. really cool. I don't even know what features it has. What well, we just I might probably have to inspect use it, it as before a key I put later, it in, huh? <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. It'd be recommended. I'll, I will try to identify this arm before I shove it into Isbin. <laughs> okay. I feel like it's an artifact. medical ethics dictate that might be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I found this thing. Let's shove it on you. Here we go. Uh huh. I don't want Scriff to get too into the mad part of science. Uh, <laughs> sure. We've all had players that have done that. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Identify. Let me pull back up my uh, sheet, which has some of this stuff. Okay. Um. Let's see. Last time you looked, you did a computers and engineering role. Um. So you can give me a physical science, a life science, or a mysticism. I will do... Ooh, physical science, actually. I'm going to go with physical science. Okay. Go ahead. Give That's me that roll. That's a 29. All right. Man. Ooh, that does it. Nat 18. Mm. <laughs> wow. Okay, so beyond what you had gotten last time you looked at this thing, which, you know, you were able to tell it's some sort of intermingling between biomechanics and mechanics to create something like a SRO, but like nothing you've ever seen, right? Uh, a couple other things you notice as you're, you know, basically probing this thing is that when you touch the surface of it, you're claw actually like sinks in a few centimeters before it like gets to a rigid point so it seems to have this like outer layer that acts more like skin or something than just a robot arm it's squishy um, it's squishy a little bit yeah on the outside and with a 29 on a hunch just looking at this thing you might assume that it could possibly do some sort of shape change. What? Oh, so maybe like partially like an ooze or something? Oh my gosh. Are you guys sure you don't want this? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. really, really sure I don't want that. <laughs> is, it, is it more like an ooze property or does it feel like it's a, uh, uh, whatever the other things are called that change into humans? There's uh, a couple of generations. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like ooze. It just feels okay. like it has some sort of material that can shift around the quote-unquote bones. Huh. Okay. Can I can I roll mysticism as well? Take just take the whole time to sure give it a really shot. Really understand this thing really well. I might call. Uh, I'm going to call pawns in if they're around yeah, to help I, on this. My one. mysticism is You're really probably good. more suited to the main role on this than I am. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. I assist. Alright, and for Okay, pawns. pawns, go ahead, give me a roll. That's a 32. 
natural natural 20. <laughs> wow and a yeah. nat 20 and assist okay <laughs> so the feeling you're getting off this thing is basically unlike anything you've ever felt before it has this like strange magical pressure to it but every time you try to figure out what that is it kind of slips through your mind like you're trying to clutch water or something you can tell that it's not like ominous or angelic or anything like that it just it's got a lot of magical power to it and it's kind of slippery and definitely has magical energy but it, it can't really be defined I, I guess almost like it keeps changing or moving Isben was having strange visions is this going to be safe to install oh yeah yeah not, totally not safe going to, not going to affect that <laughs> I, I don't know maybe it'll help okay yeah it's, it's hard to say but again it doesn't feel like it's judging by what you're seeing with your nat 20 pawns it doesn't seem like it's just gonna like take over and just like start going crazy mm -hmm. or something yeah. it, it doesn't seem parasitic or to have a desire of its own not so. cursed or anything no Okay. No, it should should be. A it says right here on the edge, not cursed. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, written. Yeah. It's it's on like a piece of tape. It's just written on. <laughs> oh, I see that. It's right here, not cursed. Okay, well, I guess we're good to go then. Uh, Eastman, whenever you're ready, lie down on the table. She nods and's like, uh, "I'm tired of not having arms." So she just gets on the table and. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll back out of here. I don't want to see this. No, Pons, I might need your help. This thing has oh. some magical properties. Uh, your assistance would be, would be very much appreciated. Five uh, E as well, if you're oh, we're available. Putting it onto her. Oh, I thought you guys were doing something else. No, we're going to give Isbin her arms back. She's been, she's been. Uh, I don't have a good pun here. Never mind. We're going to give Isbin her <laughs> arms back. I'm happy to provide medical supervision. I'll totally help with that then. That makes sense. Okay. So I'll apply some local anesthetic and get to work installing this thing. Okay. Um, go ahead. Give me engineering check and everyone else can assist with physical science, life science, mysticism, or computers. Ooh, mysticism. Good old plus 12 to it. Uh, computer's 27. So 30 for mysticism. So two, with two assists, <laughs> that is a grand total of 37. Yes! Whoa! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Adam, I'm also putting out a medicine check of 15 just to kind of monitor her vitals and make sure there's nothing alarming happening during this procedure. Okay. We, we can rebuild her. We have the technology. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> this takes a few hours to actually get right, you know. Is it you're, you got to oh, figure out a way? On. Okay, how do it's, I attach this? These these are legacy connectors. Hold on, I'm going to have to get some uh, adapters. Can you reach into that bucket over there and pull out some uh, X to Z adapters? And uh, I'm going to need a uh, PWA cable, a SATA 2.0. Uh, no, 2.4. Had... 
6.4. I just oh, had no. a mental <laughs> image of this. However, I only imagined you doing it in power armor. So every time you point at something, you like knock over a light because you're just not used to being <laughs> well, this big. I'm still, I'm still not. I'm getting used to these big <laughs> arms. Hold on. <laughs> It's like when you get a new toy, you got to use it as much as you can. So, when yeah, obviously, Scarf is wearing <laughs> power armor while doing this precise <laughs> surgery. What do you mean we only have a 12-pin connector? <laughs> Just break two of them off. It'll be fine. You don't need the ground. You don't need yeah. the ground. Right? That you is a real thing. You definitely put her under for this, right? Right, I so said she local, have to hear local, this. Local anesthetic. There, there is a reason why I rolled a medicine check of fifteen. I'm going to also administer a mild sedative beforehand and just say, <laughs> count backwards from ten. <laughs> Get me the hacksaw. No, the big one. <laughs> ten, nine, hacksaw. Ugh. <laughs> and just passes out. They're always good by six. Okay, so you guys Frankenstein this arm on, but because you got such a ridiculous roll altogether, you do a pretty damn good job. Like you step back by the That's time right. you're done, and they're like nodding at each other, like "Good job, doctor, doctor, doctor. Good job, doctor." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's working flawlessly. Okay, everybody, roll perception. Ooh. Oh boy, I'm sure this doesn't bode poorly. I got a 24. 24? 29. Also 29. Man, you guys are good now. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. DC's gotta go up. Dude, that last boost was huge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you all notice that, like, she has these bug eyes, so they never actually close, right? But. As she starts to come around and flit to life, you see this, it's almost like a wave that passes over her eyes for a second. It's very strange, but she slowly sits up, looks down and sees this arm attached and starts trying to move it a little bit. Try to take this orange. She reaches out really kind of shakily. It's okay, and... take your time. It's going to take some time for the neural pathways to connect to the device. But soon enough, it will be like second nature. And, and I got a bag just in case you need it. Yeah, as, as they close the hand on the orange, unlike you, what you see in normal prosthetics where it like closes kind of slowly and mechanically, it's really smooth and gentle, like more so perhaps even than a regular hand. Huh. Creepy. Yeah, she looks down at this hand and then looks over at 5e and says, I think I can help get your memory back. What? Really? I do not understand. She looks down at the hand again. I just kind of understand, and I think I can help. How? If we connect up to the ship's computer and all of us help together, 
If we all connect up, we might be able to unscramble or recreate the data left behind. There are traces. I can... I can feel it? <laughs> she looks a little unsure. She says the last part. I'm willing to attempt it if the rest of you are, but I believe you need more rest after this procedure before we attempt something so esoteric. Are you sure that the anest that anesthesia hasn't has, has worn off? Are we? Is this actually Eastman talking? I admit this is. This feels better than I have since we landed on this horrible, horrible planet. I think I'm okay. Okay. Well, I'm I'm game if you are. Ivy. I am willing, and I am pleased that your outlook on your own prognosis is so positive, Captain Esma. She nods, and it's like you can tell that like there's there is a slight difference now. They they seem more confident, like a little less worried about everything that's been happening. So like there is a, a strange change, but as far as you can tell. They seem to be pretty solid with it. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking about casting status on her, her status. But, stasis? Uh, stasis? I don't know. <laughs> you got to no, freeze her in place. Not stasis. Status. <laughs> Force cube. And just tell me exactly what she's feeling. But Out of character. Um, uh, yeah. We sure. have the perfect thing in the ship for this because I installed uh, the consciousness uplink drive. Ooh. into 5e so 5e we already have mm -hmm. the hookups to hook you straight into this thing excellent all right so let's give them an, a, a full nice rest of recovery before you know hooking them up to a neural network that could potentially <laughs> complicate things because that just seems like the decent thing to do but yeah I, I like the idea a lot okay all right, like she seems kind of raring to go, but you guys just keep insisting, like maybe just maybe take some time, lie down for a while, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And like eventually she begrudgingly is like, okay. I mean, we could all use one more day's rest anyway. Sure, sure. I'd love to hit that long rest button again and get more hit points yeah. back. Oh, here, holy let, shit. Me, uh, let me give you another engineering to try and give you some extra hit points. Okay, and I can actually get them from um, Burning Resolve as well, so... Man. Natural no two. No good? No extra Ouch. Points. No worries. Um, I'll just use a Resolve point to uh, activate my Repairing Nanites, and that nice. will give me... Math is hard. That will give me 10 back, plus whatever I get from rest. So. Should be close. Hopefully. Wow. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and do your long you rest, guys. Can you right. uh, try to heal me up too? I'm still a little down. Absolutely. Uh, do, 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 medicine 32. Thank you, Ooh. sir. That'll top me off. Very nice. Okay, so you guys take another night to try to recover. And then you meet up at the ship with Isbin Espa the following morning. You guys gather up in what was once the medical bay is now kind of a workshop slash medical bay because of all the 5e centric stuff that's located in there. 
we need to join him. So I had a little extra time last night and she pulls out like essentially VR goggles. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I think that 5e needs to start doing that randomly generated image thing that he does and when then he we'll join in from there all right initiating subroutines Fivey's eyes flash and then go into a neutral state where they're not really focused on anything similar to the what he's doing when he um rests or defragments at night um and he seems to be in a robotic trance of sorts As NR5E enters into RAM sleep, thousands of lines of code start to run before his eyes. You guys put on these VR goggles and you can see the same thing. And then they begin to stretch and shift in weird and unexpected ways until they're suddenly swirling in this rapid motion. Scriff Pawns, without even knowing that it's happening, you drift off into unconsciousness. 5e. An alarm blares as the fluorescent lights overhead throw intermittent bursts of magenta down a steel corridor. You get the impression of familiarity. You've definitely been here before to this place that's built like a fortress. In fact, you're sure you've walked these halls several times in service to the family that commissioned you. All at once, your prime objective kicks into gear. You can feel that your protectee is in these halls and they are in immediate danger. What do you do? You are in a long hallway. Initiating protective subroutines. Um, 5e immediately begins to move down the hallway in the direction that he believes his protective assignment to be. Okay. Um, keeping keeping bioscan readings up and um, just basically doing everything he can to pinpoint their location and be close by and on the defensive. Okay. As you begin to move forward, the lights blink out rhythmically. And suddenly, as the light comes back on from the shadows, there are two creatures standing there. One, a power-armored Yasoki, and the other, a floating contemplative. You immediately recognize your friends and allies, Pawns and Scriff. Scriff's mental image of himself, he has, like, very nice hair. <laughs> Everything else out. is identical, but he has yes. this nice cloth. Amazing head of hair. <laughs> Does Pons have any other um, image of themselves, or do they think they're pretty much right? I just have my, my pinstripe suit. It's, like, good to go, and I'm a little bit taller. It's immaculate right now. It's real nice. <laughs> a little bit taller. <laughs> <laughs> like, not noticeably enough for anybody else, but you know. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. Okay, so the two of you can feel the urgency of 5e, and you start to move down this corridor together. 
as you do, this whole hallway begins to stretch out into the distance. You're all moving at full speed, but it's like you're on a treadmill. And with a burst of movement, a second spectral version of 5e jets out in front of you, as if stepping right out of 5e himself. Their eyes flip red before they bolt at full speed down the corridor. Three figures run perpendicular past the end of the stretch corridor, and this spectral 5e is clearly in pursuit. After extensive effort, the three of you gain the end of the hallway and round the corner. Just as you do, the door slides shut in front of you. 5e, you just hit the pad, and it opens again for you as you move through. Yet it is a room no longer. A field of burning trees. Smoke billowing into the crimson skies and a brilliant blood moon enveloping the sky. In this scorched plain, there are odd items of furniture. A broken table, smashed glasses, this crippled bed, and three figures in heavy armor. They stand huddled around a field on a destroyed rug, and they all turn to you simultaneously. From their faces pour smoke, black, horrible smoke. And in that, it begins to shift into vague approximations of people that you know or have seen in passing. Like sometimes it looks like a goblin, sometimes it looks like Scriff, sometimes it looks like people you've just seen around the station before all of this started. I am moving maps now. Oh. So look over for that. Whoa. Ooh. Yikes. That's really cool. You want to describe this for us? Yeah. Um, So this looks like um, pretty much what Adam just described. It's a a field of like burning trees that are so the ground is black and scorched and the landscape is dotted with all these orange and yellow cinders. Um, I can see what looks like a broken table. Um, Yeah, the burnt out carpet that he described. Now it looks like there is, looks to be either a human or an elf, a goblin, and a person. I'm not sure what their species is on the west side of the map. That looks like, uh, Adam, is that Victor? That's Victor. <laughs> so the the smoke changes again, and then, you know, Victor's face is there. And then one of them looks like one of the Gurgatal fighters that you guys ran into, the one you had uh, kidnapped and gave a crystalline crunchy to. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of keep shifting and changing. And then they take a step towards you. Everybody roll for initiative. Oh. oh. For the next episode! Oh! No! <laughs> That's so awesome. That's really cool. Fight. I love Dream Fight. Dream That's Fight! So Tune in next week for Dream Fight. Yes! Maybe I can fly. Oh. You can already fly. <laughs> <laughs>
When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.